Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in last week with the little snippet from the book. It was unreal, so much feedback and um, genuinely pumped uh, for all the people out there who have already got the book and enjoying it and have messaged through. It's sort of funny because, yeah, like, you know, you get it, but then it takes a while to read it. So hearing feedback throughout has been unreal, loving the messages coming through and really, really cool. So yeah, as I said, for the next few weeks or however long, I'll be sort of reading out some of my favorite snippets of the book um, and then just talking about them. Um, and yeah, would love your feedback. This little snippet's from chapter 11. What do you even want out of life? Uh, the subheading is number 43. A specific example of this is my jersey number. In footy, when a player is recruited, they get assigned a number. Generally, the numbers are assigned as a player is drafted. So the low numbers go to the high draft picks. If you are number one on the draft, that means the recruiters wanted you more than any other player. Number two, three, and four up to 10 are the most highly sought after draft picks. Naturally, the higher numbers are less desirable. If your number is up near 50, that means you've been rookied after really hot players are already assigned their numbers. No kid is going to want to go into the game with the desire to have a jersey number in the 40s. When I was born in a car and I was assigned the number 7, that was a huge honour. A massive show of respect from, uh, for me from the club. They didn't even have to do it and it meant a lot to them because they really believed in me. There have been so many legendary number 7s in the AFL, so that number never really sat with me well. Seven is the number for the best of the best. And with my footy going downhill as the years pass, I never felt like I could own it. I'd hoped early that I'd grow into it. But no matter how hard I tried, I just never felt like I really deserved it. When I got to the Giants, I was given the number 43. The second highest, therefore the second worst number at the club. Way down the end of the locker room were the rookies who had only just squeaked onto the list reside. I fucking loved it. By then... I'd had my sheep's brain epiphany and gratitude had become something I practiced regularly. I was so grateful to have the number 43 on my back. I loved that it was a high number. I loved that it wasn't a number that a young player would want. It was mine. It came with knowing that I hadn't taken an easy ride to get there and I was lucky to be on a list at all. Dylan Buckley, number 43. I embraced it 100%. My footy didn't necessarily improve in that jersey, but the quality of everything else in my life did. I embraced the mentality of the jersey number 43 and all that meant and went for it. I loved it because it was mine, because it was my story still being written. Number 43, bit of a list clogger, but so fucking grateful for the opportunity. Now, every day I practice gratitude. For me, gratitude is about being fully present, not so much going home each night and writing down things I'm grateful for in that day or in my life, but more about appreciating the moment I'm in. When I'm at work, the amazing team I get to work with, amazing. On the weekend, when I'm just chilling out on the couch with Juz, unbelievable. I tell myself, yeah, this is it. I'm grateful for this. In real time, it's sometimes hard to believe that this is my life, that everything has brought me to the situation, to this moment. I found for myself that being grateful is like any good habit. It comes and goes, ebbs and flows. Sometimes you lose it. It's there for one minute and then it's not. But the more you can remember to pull that trigger in your brain when something good happens and actively identify the feeling as gratitude, the easier it gets. The more it comes up, the easier it becomes to trigger that feeling. The crazy thing is, it has a tangible real-life effect. The day I started to concentrate on being more grateful for my good luck, my luck got better. Practicing gratitude had the knock-on effect of making more good things happen in my life, or it seemed that anyway. It's possible that I was just realizing how many good things actually happened to me and then was more receptive to the good things happening, which is really cool. I guess it comes down to this question. Is gratitude really working or am I becoming more grateful and present to all the cool things in my life? The best part is there's no wrong answer because you're getting the same outcome anyway. 
So that's how I practice gratitude on a daily basis. It's about becoming more present at the end of the day, looking at and appreciating all things that I'm grateful for. Every night, I lie in bed and think about the best things that happened in that day. And if there were things that didn't happen that I wanted them to, I take some time to think about the better things that could happen tomorrow. Either way, it's been a success. That's what gratitude does for you. I love that part of the book. I love that part of the book. That's, That's like one of my faves. That's such a bloody good part of the book. Do you, do you know what I mean with like the gratitude thing? I've always thought about it like this. I'm like, am I, is gratitude actually working or am I just realizing that I'm doing cool shit? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think the the process of gratitude is that anyway. Yeah, So I exactly. like it can be both, right? Exactly. Like you say, like there's not actually a, an, a right or wrong answer in that instance. With the number thing, like I never realised that it was like that. I didn't know the numbers, like the lower the number, the, I guess, better. Yeah. The well, player. Look, there's, there's obviously um, ex- uh, like exceptions to the rule. You look at a club like Geelong who they, 90% of clubs will go from like, you know, the best numbers are like three, five, seven, like those bits of those things. But then you look at a club like Geelong who they go over more like the history of the numbers, like 35, Paul Chapman, Dangerfield, 14, Salwood, yeah, 44 okay. is like, um, you know, I think Enright was 44. So like 29 is a great number. Gary Ablett, five is a great number from Gary Ablett Senior. So yeah. they do it like that. But a lot of the other clubs, yeah, like when you get picked up, it's all about um, the higher the draft, the first round draft, it will have the first choice of number, mm. whereas the rookies sort of just get what's left over. Did you ever feel like you deserve number seven? Like when you were first going in there, were you like, yeah, yes, 100%. this is mine? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like I, And a part of me, like you, you, if you're not, you have to think you deserve it. Like even the people that are in 43, they want to deserve it too. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I just feel like by the time went on, I sort of discovered who I was and what I was I'd, I'd evolved a little bit more. I think it at that time it, it meant so much to me to be in the seven, and I was like, "That's." I was like, I was probably more worried about what was on the back than what was on the front, yeah. sort of thing. But then yeah. it got to the stage towards the middle bit, and I was like, "It's more about like, not even about the number. It's just like who I am." Mm. And then I really, because I was always envious of rookies. Yeah, because they had this like rookies are so cool. Like, there's this real thing of like they did it the hard way. And everyone respects them. Mm. And it's like, these guys are doing it tough. Like, you know, they're on a good list. They're on a list, but like, they've done it the hard way. And I think even when I was in number seven, I always looked at them and was like, you know, I want to be respected like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to be just like this guy that th- people think has been given this number and will go and like, I want it to be respected. And I think that's actually, thinking about it now, that's actually probably why it was there. Mm. So when, it, when I went to the Giants and I got the 43, I was like, cool. Like, maybe I'm that guy now because I haven't, you know, it hasn't gone that well, but I've fought to be here. I'm going to fight to be here. I'm going to scrap. You know, I've, I've moved heaven and earth to make this happen. And it was maybe it was just like, yeah, the respect going like, fuck, like I'm proud of I'm proud of the journey, not like embarrassed by it. Yeah, I love that. Did it feel like less pressure maybe as well? I think there was... Not, I mean, no, it's a different time too. Yeah, different time. There's probably different pressure. There was still pressure because like you're on one year deal, so you have to like perform um, to stay. But yeah, I don't know. I just really, I think for me, I was so, I'm in a sense, sometimes like when I was younger, I definitely was materialistic in the sense of like numbers and worrying about all this shit that didn't matter, like what boots you wear. And like, I was just like, fuck, nah, it's all about like, it's not about that. Yeah. It's about just being respected. It's about showing up because at the end of the day, the coach doesn't pick you if you're in number seven or if you've got cool boots. Like, (laughs) it really doesn't. You know, I tried that for a long time and it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. But they do respect you if you just have a crack. Yeah. 
I love that too. And the that's part, life. yeah, exactly. Yep. The part about gratitude where you're like, you don't necessarily have to do the normal thing of, or the thing that's often talked about, sitting down and writing it down and being really, um, I guess, purposeful with it at one point in the day. Mm. Like it's just something that you kind of do throughout the day when you're in a moment and you're you're able to be present. Mm. Is that something that's just like super easy for you now? It's it's a bit of a habit for sure, but like yeah. I think the biggest part of like in that little bit there, it does ebb and flow. Mm. And even I find myself in really negative times. Like there'd be times where I'm just looking at all the bad shit, but it is contagious. You know, the more you do that, the more you're going to stem on that stuff. The more you keep practicing, like good things are happening, good things are happening. And like even this morning, like we had a really fun cook up, like with the team, and I was just sort of sitting back, going like, "This is it," you know, like mm. this is the fun part, like. No matter what happens, like, don't get me wrong, I want the business to go as good as possible, but it's about, like, the journey. And I'm fully aware of that now. Like, I'm in it. Like, I'm not I'm not waiting for something to happen. Um, whilst we still want to keep chasing stuff and, like, even, like, sounds so weird because we just got this event started right at the grand final breakfast. Yeah. And this is, like, in a really positive way. I hope it comes off like that. I was like, I really want to do this. And it was, like, the chase of getting it right. Mm. And then we sold out. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. And it just shows you that like that isn't fulfilling. Like, yeah, it's just because you tick something just off you doesn't tick something necessarily off. mean like, it. That's probably yeah. a bad example because that is super fulfilling because it's like community and stuff like that. Mm. But it's, maybe it's about more like the other things like the financials or we get a deal that we wanted to get. But it's just like cool. Like as long as the bills are paid, like that's all that matters. Mm. Um, it's more the process of it's doing it. It's a process it. of doing yeah. it. It was like the it was the whole thing of like doing the event, like planning it, yeah. promoting it, getting people to to get the then like doing it but well, we're still doing it we are still doing it yeah well, it's, <laughs> we, it's gonna we be awesome be. <laughs> but i think it's like yeah the the moral of that is like it's the the chase of like setting it all up and actually it, from becoming a concept to getting it done to then it's there like i can't wait for it to be as well like mm -hmm. the actual day i feel like it's like the collaboration behind it too like that's something that you're coming in here obviously there's like so much going on and that was probably i feel like one of the first things especially with so many new people here, like myself, that we've all kind of been a part of together. Yeah, it There's was. so many different podcasts and all this and blah, 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 and people are working on different things all the time. Obviously still as a group and it's very cohesive and everything, but I feel like the Grand Vaughan Breakfast has been this thing where it's like all hands on deck. We're all looking at the same yeah. thing. We're all trying to, you know, pump yep. up Clubby and get this going. And I think that's yep. really, really cool. And that's such a good point because I think that's what we've probably been missing the last year was like we're, we're working, when we're working with Producey as a, that's how it was shaped. Like we're all working on separate shows and had different goals and stuff like that. But the biggest thing with Clubby was like, no, like we need to be on the same team. Let's work on something that's a bit more inclusive for everyone that we have like one team, one dream. I know it sounds like corny but clubby is like our team like it's like a football team mm. like it's all one dream like it's that one drive to be a part of something that we're all like we've all got our single shows but like i want to be part of something else that we can drive together and i think i just got to it was like you know it's not very fun standing you know at the top of the mountain by yourself like you want to have yeah. people around you to to share it with and um and support and you know bringing cool people along with it so that's what we're we're looking at doing Mm, I think that's sick. I think it's like even reading the book and you saying what you're saying now, like it's so evident what you've learned from that and mm. like through your experiences and like you don't know that maybe if you tried this a year ago, it wouldn't have worked because nah, you wouldn't have, have had yeah. the same kind of thing going on. And I feel like that's just the point of everything happens at the right time and learning those lessons like you've got 
in honest chat is is a massive mm. and crucial part of that. I used to hate that saying, like everything happens at the right time, but like it just unfortunately is like somewhat true. Life just I like kind of proves it. it right a lot, doesn't it? Well, it's just yeah. it's just like. And, and I don't know, maybe it's just like the gratitude thing because you like, you're just pray, like grateful when things happen. But no, on a really weird topic, well, two topics. One is like the baby situation. I know I talk yeah. about it a lot, but like, I just wanted that now. Mm. And I look back and I go, fuck, if that had happened then, probably wouldn't have been able to do this. Yeah. Like, exactly. it wouldn't be where it is. Yeah. Because like, I just wouldn't be able to give as much as I, I had. And I think through that whole thing of like the, the heartache of like that time, I just buried myself in work. Like I just buried myself in like just doing as much as I could, which wasn't healthy, but I think at the time that's just how I cope with it. And the other thing was like, for example, with the, the business, like, you know, we're, we're going, we've got like adding to the team and everyone's doing such an incredible job, but there's a part of me that's like, fuck, you know, maybe I just go and get like a bank loan and just pay everyone full time so that everyone can work and we'll get to where we want quicker. But I'm like, is that cheating? Like yeah. not cheating, but like, is that... Well, but it's Am like, I rushing it? Yeah, you, know? you take like the growth away where it's like... I like the organicness of it. And yeah. I, I don't like the organic... Like, I'm in a rush, you know? I want, <laughs> yeah. like, everyone here full-time, hard as, go. But it's like, at the stage, like, we're not there yet. So I'm like, I don't know, you know? Mm. Like, I want it now, but I also know maybe the funnest part's getting to it. Yeah, I feel like you can apply that to everything oh, as well, it's everything. right? Like anyone listening to this, thinking of something that maybe they're striving towards or wanting to happen, or like my my big thing at the moment is I want a house, right? Yeah, can't get one. We have to wait a year, but it's like one of those things where I'm like, oh my god, know. I keep looking and I want that one and I want this mm. one, and it's like the right one. You just have to kind of believe that, don't yeah. you? That like you go through life and it's it's much more worth enjoying the, the, process, yeah, the process and the actual hustle of it. It's for hard sure. to say that though when you're in it because you just want it like now. And it's like there's that other part of it too. I think I talk about this in the book at some point. We'll have to find it. But you know when people say like be patient, it's like when people say be patient, it doesn't mean like be patient and don't do anything. It means be patient and still hustle, like still yeah, grind, still like hard. still work. Yeah. But just be patient. It's like it's so hard. Yeah, oh, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Because if you're just patient and you don't do anything, it's not going to like happen. But if you be patient and still be in a rush, mm. I love that saying of like being a rush. Anywho, that went on. But um, yeah, that was the <laughs> that was that chapter about forty three. I think next week I'd love to talk to you about um one other one. Yep. Was changing lanes. Cool. I speak about this one a bit, but I just love. love uh, it's probably part. my favorite chapter. Oh, they were, I so say all of them my favorite say. chapters, but <laughs> they're not even really in chapters to be honest. They're like in little segments, um, little short, sharp things. But yeah, that would have to be one of my favorite little bits about yeah. know, having a crack. And make sure again, if anyone has any parts of the book that they have more questions about or want to know more about, yeah, we'll or go into it. Want to read or want to hear Dill's thoughts on it. Send us a DM. Send us a DM and we'll talk about it next week. And we'll chat about it. Dilly. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at Thanks for tuning in. Iliax X.